Welcome to Southview Stories, bringing you memorable stories from the leaders and best. Here with Mason, once again, snacking during the intro. He moved on some fries, I think. If you've been enjoying these episodes of Southview Stories, we encourage you to subscribe and review us. We'd love to hear more from you and uh, get your feedback on how we're doing. Our guest this week is Danielle Vigneault, and Danielle is the owner and operator of University Flower Shop, located in the historic Nichols Arcade. We had an awesome time learning Danielle's story and uh, really uh, uh, an amazing uh, story about following your passion and, and taking chances. Shout out to our sponsors. Mix it up this time, Destination Ann Arbor, promoting Ann Arbor as a destination of choice for travelers. And visit annarbor.org to learn more about where to stay and what to do. And Underground Printing. Visit Underground Printing for anything you need in the custom apparel space, including personalized gifts, one-off gifts, uh, that funny shirt or uh, a great gift for uh, someone's birthday, holiday, whatever it may be. And now, Danielle Vigneault. We are here with Danielle Vigneault, Danny, at the University Flower Shop, which is in Nichols Arcade. We are in the loft, which overlooks. We are here during business hours, so if you hear some background chatter, that's because business is happening at all times. So uh, we're here today uh, to hear Danny's story, and I wanted to preface by saying how we met, how we <laughs> know each other, is when you were a student here some years ago, yep. and just happenstance got connected, and you babysat one time, mm -hmm. one time only, one time. Yep. for my oldest son, yep. Dean, and... Uh, I gave you a ride home, and you were telling me your story and what you were, you know, thinking about, and and the story basically you're going to tell now. Yep. And many years later, I have a podcast <laughs> telling stories like I yep. got to go back to yep. Danny and have yep. her tell the story on the record. So yep. Yep. Uh, that's why we're here. And thanks so much for coming yeah, on. Thank you for having me. So let's start there. Tell me about where you're from, school, your background. Okay, so I am Danny Vigno, as Rishi was saying. Should I be looking in this direction? You can doesn't look. Doesn't matter. Does I can not look matter. Anywhere. Yeah, okay. it does not matter. It's a podcast. Oh, it's a, okay. it's audio. So it's audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. So yeah, I'm Danny Vigno, and I am originally from Arinda, California, which is in the East Bay, outside yeah. of San Francisco, close to Berkeley. And I came to school at University of Michigan because I didn't get into Cal Berkeley. Really? Yeah. Wow. So my dad thought that. I kind of was all over the map. I didn't. I had no idea really like what college was about and yeah. why you needed to go and right. all of those things. But I was told it was really important. <laughs> My dad had gone to law school here, and so oh, he okay. had an allegiance to the school. And we have some family from the Midwest, so. I think that when I didn't get into Cal, and that was kind of, I thought, what my this dream school was. Yeah. Um, I had never, I really hadn't thought about Michigan at all, but my dad thought that it was a place that I would really love. And so we came to visit, and he'd been coming for, like, nearly every football game since he graduated, and I had never come with him. So <laughs> <laughs> he still he still he made still, it a thing to yeah, come back to football games? Yeah, oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So I came here with him one time. I don't even know when you're applying to college anymore. And I liked it enough. Yeah. That's all it was, really, was like, okay, I guess this is a good school. and Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> right. I now obviously have much better things to say about it. It was the best time of my life, and I'm still here. Yeah, so, that's um, right. Um, but that was the decision-making process. And so, yeah, I came to University of Michigan, 
and what what were you th- what were you planning to study? I was planning to study English and criminology pre-law. Cool. Was kind of the thought, and I think maybe other people feel this way in college, but I really had no idea. But that sounded kind of like glamorous. And your dad, your dad to went to law school here. Lawyer, yeah. So I did. I did the thing that I felt like I was supposed to do, and I had great professors. I had a great experience. I was an English major. I studied, or I was like criminology. Mm-hmm. What is it called? A minor. Uh, minor. <laughs> minor. Yes. A minor. Yes, I had a criminology it. minor, which yeah. also is a much more glamorous <laughs> term, I think. Right. Right. Um, but I was actually so when I was a senior, I graduated a little bit early. And I'm going to tell the long story because usually when I tell the story, it's actually the abridged version. Okay, but I no, think the I, real one is actually the weirder one. I want to hear the weird, <laughs> weird long one. So I, um, I, what was it? Where was it? Okay. So anyway, studied pre-law, was working at the city attorney's office and um, I had graduated a semester early. So I had some extra time on my hands. Yeah. And like that semester, I was really into the idea of helping elderly people. Oh, cool. So I just was like, you know what? That's something I think is really important. Mm-hmm. I really, while I'm doing this and I have time off, I just was like, I'm going to make a care.com profile and I'm going to go help some elderly people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a woman named Sonia and Sonia had, um, oh my gosh, I should really remember, epilepsy, I believe. And so Sonia had, she had a son mm-hmm. um, and she was supposed to be, she was divorced. And while she was taking care of her son, she was supposed to have somebody with her all the time. Um, so how did that work out? So Sonia, I haven't told this version in a long time. Um, so... So I met Sonia and I was like, wow, this re- I really could help. Like, this is a really unfortunate circumstance that she has a son and she actually really didn't need anybody to be right. there. But by law, by her court order, like she was supposed to have somebody there. Got anyway, I'm, I was connected with Sonia and all these other things started happening. And I actually ended up being really busy, but I felt like Sonia needed help. So I connected <laughs> Sonia to my friend Kate. Okay. And I said, Kate, Sonia needs help. Can you go help her this day? And Kate was like, yeah. And so Kate was kindly, kind of like casually wa- helping Sonia um, as she needed help. So one day, Kate was like, Danny, um, I'm supposed to stay the weekend at Sonia's place. Like, do you want to come? And so I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I would love to come help. And so I was there that day. Um, it was me and Kate, who was my best friend from college, and uh, Sonia. And we were sitting there talking about what we wanted to do when we were older. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of going through my whole, like, Kate was very, like, I'm going to go into finance. She was in the business school. She, like, knew exactly what I was she was doing. Right. And I was like, well, like, I'm pre-law right now. I'm studying criminology. I'm an English major. But I really don't know what I actually want to do. This is kind of what I just feel like I'm supposed to do. But what I've always really wanted to do is own a flower shop. And since I was, like, young, I just remember walking into flower shops and, like, feeling the same way that I probably everybody feels where you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. I'd very romantic. Very romantic, yeah. as you were talking about, yes. Um, and I'd always, I just felt like deeply connected to it. Um, and there, I just loved everything about it. I loved like the idea that kind of like nature and man-made were woman-made, whatever-made, were kind of combining and you're creating a piece of art that was also business-related, mm-hmm. which is very me. Like I love yeah. art, I love design, but I also love like business and operations and teamwork and all right. the things that kind of go into everything. Right. So I don't think I had even enough 
knowledge to say those words before, but there was something that like attracted me to flower shops mm-hmm. and that, that business. And so I told Sonia, so I was like, yeah, I'm pre-law, but what I really want to do is own a flower shop. And had you ever told anyone that before or was it just kind of a mental thing? Like I think I'd told my best friend Evelyn from home and pretty much that's it. That's I don't think it. anybody else knew that Got that it. was really what my dream was. You had never verbalized it really before. Yeah. Sonia was probably the per- first person I confided <laughs> in and like <laughs> happened to be the best person to tell. Right. Because Sonia was like, that's so interesting. My neighbor, Gwen, is actually selling her flower shop. <laughs> And I said, wow, what? Where is her flower shop? And she's like, oh, it's in Ann Arbor. It's in Nichols Arcade. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just saw that flower shop for the first time like two weeks ago, even though I had been going to school here for four years. Right. And I said, that is like the dream flower shop. It just needs to like be reinvented. Yeah. So the very next day, I walked into the flower shop, this very flower shop, and there was a woman named Dolly who was working behind the counter. And I said, hi, Dolly, I'm Danny, and I want to buy this flower shop. <laughs> <laughs> And Dolly was crying, like tears streaming down her face. Did she not know that it was for sale? She did know it was for sale, but she was like, this is exactly, this is a very true story. She's like, this is exactly what needs to happen. Like, we need you. Uh Um, This is like, we need somebody with your passion, your energy, and your enthusiasm. And Dolly had owned the business for 10 years, had sold it to a woman named Gwen, and was working here under Gwen. Oh, wow. So Gwen, she was a stu- uh, owner of she, University Flower Shop. Dolly had been an owner of the of University Flower Shop, had sold it to Gwen. Um, so Dolly was like, if you end up purchasing this business, I'm going to stay on with you and I'm going to help. Like, I'll help you oh, make it a awesome. reality. I'll help you make it um, a possibility. And so... She gave me Gwen's contact information. I called Gwen. I called my parents, and I told my parents that I was no longer thinking about going to law school, and instead I, I wanted to purchase this flower shop. I didn't care if they did, like, I didn't need their help because I was going to go to a bank. I was going to figure out a loan. Like, yeah. this is not you guys. This is me. And and y- once you heard this story from Sonia, that was it. You were ready to go. Oh, yeah. You you no turning back. You didn't hem and haw. About oh it no, I I mean I hemmed and hawed, but I wanted I like definitely did the first like and like work like yeah. how much does this business cost? How can I do this? And yeah. then I after I really kind of got some packs straight, I I started yeah. to hem and haw a little bit more. Like okay, how is is this a good idea? Is yeah. this a bad idea? Yeah. Um. So I figured out the um, the purchasing price, which a, like kind of sad part of the, the evolution of University Flower Shop is that it's gone through really high highs mm-hmm. and low lows. And mm-hmm. we happened to be kind of like at a turning point that wasn't doing very well. Mm-hmm. And so the business was actually at an affordable price, like much more affordable than law school would have been. <laughs> um, it was a... <laughs> That's probably all things, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, was, it, was ex- it wasn't like it was like, oh, yeah, I'm paying $25 to start this business. Right. But it was reasonable mm-hmm. um, to get a loan for that amount. And so that's kind of when more of the legwork started to happen. And I think I probably had like a month to really sit on this. It was probably January, February, March time where it was just, I was kind of like, wow, am I really going to do this? Um, And I think a lot of business owners in the area who I really coincidentally happened to meet were a huge part of the story. Mm -hmm. So one of whom was my, who's still my good friend, Nick Lemmer. I'd been working in an entrepreneurship group and Nick Lemmer had been, somebody who I had interviewed. So I was clearly fascinated in like entrepreneurship and small business because like I had met Nick Lemmer before I'd started the flower shop and I'd met the guys at Salads Up before I started the flower shop and was kind of like trying to interview them and figure out who people were who Mm -hmm. owned business around here. And like, I remember writing an article for the daily all about like the energy of entrepreneurship and like who these people are and like where this energy comes from and like the I'm going to find that article and we're going to link it in I know, I bet you are, and it's going to be embarrassing, <laughs> no I'll way. tell you that. But 
but I did think like even at that time there was some sense of like I I came from a place where like I had really supportive parents and like I remember this quote that I was told when I was younger where like when I'd been working in school things like helping students and stuff where people are saying like you're until your basic needs are met you really don't have much space to think outside of mm-hmm. like your basic needs mm-hmm. and so like having come from a place where my basic needs were met right I was able to think outside of the box so right. I think I was like a really creative kid and have yeah. become a creative adult because I was able to and yeah. I know other people's like journey to creativity is a different journey and a right. different experience but I think that was really important for myself where I like felt very secure yeah and I was like I've got food I've got this I've got that yeah. and so I felt creative because I wasn't worrying yeah. about a lot of things well if that well said, yeah, if that sure. means anything no, absolutely. Um, opportunity so, you had you could take opportunities yes. as opposed to be yeah. not having to pass it up because of other yes. needs yes. other issues absolutely so yeah. i think that that was kind of what this article was that i was also like writing articles for the michigan daily as i was this weird flux time of like cool. i have 6 months where i can do whatever i want felt like at least i love it um so yes yeah, so those guys as i was in on uh, or optimize is that what the group yep. was i was in optimize Opti- so optimize i was doing some yep. yeah mm-hmm. and they're still around um so i was doing just kind of like meeting with a bunch of like local business owners. And then randomly outside of this, because I wasn't connected to underground and I didn't know anybody in it. Yeah. My friend Molly, um, who's in nursing school. So yes, apparently right. all people like to hire babysitters who are in nursing school. It I, is a strategy that is used. And I'm not going to divulge any more than that because yeah. babysitters are uh, prime and you don't like to divulge yep. your babysitters. Yep. But yes, yep. that apparently is a strategy. Yeah, it's a strategy. So, I mean, it makes sense. Like, would you hire an English major or somebody who's <laughs> studying nursing? Definitely study somebody who's studying nursing. But coincidentally and conveniently, I was friends with some nursing students. And so my friend Molly was out of town. There's a lot of, like, caretaking in yeah, this. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, Flowers are, are part of the caretaking Flowers experience. are part of the caretaking. So Molly um, was out of town. And so she asked if I could babysit for um, a family that she really liked who happened to be Rishi <laughs> and your wife, Allison. That's right. And then their oldest child, Dean. That's right. And um, Dean was learning to say frog, which is, he couldn't say very well. So that was <laughs> that was a highlight. But um, after I finished my babysitting gig, Rishi was driving me home. I didn't know that Rishi was part of Underground, but I, I was probably the person who said like, hey, Rishi, can you help me out? I'm kind of at this crossroads right now where like I might be trying to go to law school as I feel like I'm really supposed to do, um, or I might be trying to take ownership of this this flower business, and I don't know anything about this, but I've always wanted to do it, and it just might be the right opportunity. And Rishi, ju- similar to every other like small business owner in the area, was like, you know what, you should do this. You're never going to regret it. If it doesn't work out, you're going to figure it out, and if it works out, you're really going to be very happy that you made that decision and so i'm glad that it worked out i know that seems uh that seems a little more aggressive than i usually go with uh any advice but that's oh maybe i I mean i don't remember it perfectly but it was something that was that was what i took from it at least and i think that that was that was the attitude that a lot of people who had owned their own businesses um had kind of said like you Mm. know what you can always find your way out of this if it doesn't work out but if this is really what you're you've been um, biting at and wanting to do and this opportunity is coincidentally right in front of your face at a yeah. reasonable time and price and place and location and everything the person who says she'll mentor you is right there yeah um, and you see opportunity in it like you might as well kind of give it a go time so. the timing of all the, the pieces really seem to fit together yeah it seems yeah. yeah so that was the that was the beginning of university flower shop and so it's been five years since and it's been 
everything. And uh, that's awesome. And it's a cool story. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm yeah. super excited and honored that I'm a small part of it. <laughs> and that, you know, obviously I, I resonate with the story quite yeah. a bit. And I remember, you know, you telling me this and, and as we met some years later and you reminding Mind, me yeah, about yeah. the story as you were like a <laughs> local business owner in the area. Yeah. And I, I was like, I, I love this story. I love mm-hmm. all the pieces about it. But one of the things I also love is that this is a longtime business in yes. Ann Arbor. Uh, and as a former steward of another longtime business, uh, Mo Sports Shop, which we did a podcast on, um, to talk a little bit about being a, a yeah. steward. Do you feel like a steward of a place that exists? And, and how do you pay respect to the past yeah. and, and be innovative? Like yeah. you can't exist the yeah. same way as it's existed for years, Yeah, right? yeah. When no, did I it start, by the way? So it's been around, there are a lot of different kind of start dates. Um, 1930, oh geez, 1931, I believe there was a university flower shop and it was at a different location. Got it. But it wasn't until 1959, I believe that's the right date, that this location actually wow. started in the wow. arcade. And like there's actually an ode to everybody oh, right now a, back here. Oh, randomly that happened. I think one year we did a display kind of like showing the history of where we came from. Cool. Um, and I think that like having taken ownership of a pre-existing business was like a total blessing and also kind of like a curse at the same time it made it really challenging but also i'm like now looking back i'm grateful that it didn't happen any other way like it's really hard to recreate like to history and that richness and like an attitude that's been around forever you know to start a new space and kind of create that those stories is impossible yeah so i do think that at the beginning it was difficult to I mean, we didn't close down. So the ownership started like on March 31st. How many days are in March? 31. 31, <laughs> yes. I, I did the poem. I did the poem in yeah, my head. Yeah, yeah. I, I said the saying in my head to figure that yeah. out. So March 31st of 20, oh my gosh, 2014. Five years ago. Five years ago, it was owned by Gwen Casa. And on April 1st of 2015, am I saying these days right? 20, April 1st of 2015. 2014. 2014? Yeah. Is that right? I'm the same way. I I think it's 15 because I graduated in 15. So it's April 1st of 2015. So it hasn't quite been five years yet. Almost five years. um, I took ownership. Got it. So there was no, like, I didn't paper the walls. I didn't do anything. I didn't stop business. We just were like, okay, we got to bring capital in. And like, here we go. And so that, I think, is what I felt like was necessary for what the knowledge I knew Mm -hmm. and the capital that we needed to make. That was the best way to do it for me. Yeah. Having, if I had more business ex- business experience and flower experience, I never would have done it that way. But mm. for me at that specific time, just yeah. to kind of have this like rolling start. Yeah. To not really say like ownership has changed. Right. I was just going to try to like skate by. Slide in. Slide in. Yeah. And like slide in for a little bit and slowly kind of rebrand the place. Right. So... But I do think, like, Dolly Holick especially was a huge part of my, like, I owe so much of, like, our small success to, like, to Dolly. And yeah. I wouldn't be here without her because she'd been, a, like, an owned a business. She'd mm-hmm. been a florist by trade for her whole life. Yeah. So everything that I know, I was, like, designing right next to somebody who'd done this forever. Right. Right. So, I mean, we still talk about Dolly here, Dolly here, like, once a week. I mean, uh, she's a name that is, like, brought up all the time. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, Dolly said, Dolly said, yeah. Dolly said. And yeah. I do think that, like, what she knew was tried and true. And she learned in a much more kind of traditional sense. And so everything that she said, we like kind of still treat like gold. That's awesome. Um, So I think that 
unfortunately, I mean, like, if you go back into articles, I know that, like, a Dave owned the business before Dolly, and then Dolly, it was Gwen, but yeah. the only person I really, like, got up close and personal with was Dolly, got and it. she was the owner before got the woman it. who I purchased it from. Cool. That's Is that great. enough of that? Um, or not. <laughs> okay, before we go, I want, I was wondering, you know, flowers oftentimes associated with high emotion, events, a lot of drama, uh, sometimes making up for a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could tell one crazy, funny, exciting, memorable story that you've had since you're, you know, almost five years of running University yes. Flower Shop. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to tell a story that was actually a huge turning point in UFS because. I don't know if everybody remembers this, but about five years ago, and probably for the whole history of University Flower Shop, we used to sell balloons. And balloons were a huge part of our business because a lot of people are like, think that flowers are feminine and men don't receive flowers, men receive balloons. I see. Amongst other like occasions where balloons would be appropriate. Right. So I have a bunch of oddly like funny stories about balloons, but I'm going to focus on one. And this was really the crux of like the beginning and end of balloons. <laughs> was, like, so we had um, an order. Somebody called in probably the day before and said, Danny, I'm going to need. Um, oh, I need to. I'm like, I needed to think about this more because that's not even the appropriate way. So basically, we'd had a bunch of old balloons in our basement, mm-hmm. our backstock. And we had a helium tank. And so I'd been, my first year, people would order balloons and I would fulfill the order, begrudgingly. (laughs) And because we had these old balloons and we'd been kind of a slow business before, we had a bunch of like bad balloons. And so when a balloon is bad, it just blows up in your face. (laughs) Like it just blows up and it is terrible. (laughs) And so like I went from being like a balloon confident person to absolutely hating balloons to a phobia of balloons. (laughs) Like it became really bad. Like I was super nervous about it. And so one day, somebody called and said, Danny, I'm going to need 25 balloons. And I was just taking every ounce of business I possibly could and said, I would love to deliver these 25 balloons to you tomorrow. What time do you need them? What's the occasion? Okay. So I have an order for 25 balloons. I have my 25 balloons ready to go, but I am just can't sleep, can't eat, can't think because I have 25 balloons to blow up tomorrow. And I am so nervous because there's a timeline. I know that half of those balloons are going to pop in my face. Only half of them are actually going to be blown up. And are (laughs) they going to be blown up to the right capacity? Like there's a way to do it. There's a way to do it right. There's a way to do it wrong. Right. So I had to do it right. So it's probably like midday on Wednesday before balloons are due on Thursday. And I realize like, I just am not going to be able to do this. And so I go over to my dear friend, Raul, who owns computer repair shop across the way. And I say, Raul, can I pay you to do this for me tomorrow? I don't care what it costs. I just know that I don't have it in me to blow up these balloons. You were that afraid of balloons. I mean, I really was. Like, I I think to this day, I think things have changed. But actually, if you gave me a balloon, like, with a helium tank, I just would really prefer not to. (laughs) So... And I don't think I have any other fears, like maybe in the world. That was my first Got that it. was developed at okay. the age of 20, whatever. Um, and so Raul was like, I'm super slammed. I'm sorry, Danny. I like can't help you out. But conveniently, there was a man standing there in the shop saying like, wait, you will pay me to blow up balloons tomorrow? Did I get that straight? And I was like, yes, I'm going to pay you $20 yeah. to blow up balloons. Yeah. It's probably going to take you 20 minutes. This is a great hourly rate, <laughs> better than I make. So yeah. would you like to come blow up balloons <laughs> yeah, tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. So we we settled on a handshake deal, which I now realize is not the best. <laughs> so we shook our hands. I looked at him in the eyes. I said, I'm going to see you tomorrow at noon. You're going to blow up balloons. It has to be done by one. But if you maybe finish by 1220, that's good. We have to get them over to Sava's or wherever they have to go by mm-hmm. this one o'clock. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
well, it's 12 o'clock the next day and he's not there. He doesn't, he's not, he's not here and I'm stressed out. And so I wait till like 12.15. I wait a little bit longer, 12.20, not there. The balloons are supposed to be done by this point. So I'm like, oh my gosh, he just totally flaked and I'm going to start to do this. And so sure enough, I'm there blowing up my balloons. Half of them are popping in my face. <laughs> this is not going to work. So I call you're Kroger. Living, you're living your worst nightmare. I'm living my worst nightmare, yeah. like blowing up balloons with a time pressure, right. having to get these done and like feeling like the whole like biz the weight of the business is just on my shoulder right. and so i call kroger or some local grocery chain and have them blow up the balloons and s- close down the business rush out to get these balloons get these balloons i think i'm like five or ten minutes late but usually we have things delivered like two hours early so we're fine right so the the synopsis like the whole story just comes to a circle probably two years later when i'm sitting at sava's eating and a waiter comes up to me And I just remember him so distinctly. And you can see him kind of like shudder too. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, you are the man who was supposed to come to my flower shop two years ago and blow up 20 balloons. And I was going to pay you 25 balloons and I was going to pay you $20. You could just see it sink within him. Like he knew that he had just let me down so bad. and was so afraid that there was like no tip tip coming coming his way. So anyway, (laughs) I forgave him. That's a great story. I forgave him and it was the very end of our balloon selling career. So that was actually the last day that we ever sold them. The helium tank was removed out next week. I was like, this is a minor part of our business that causes me way too much stress. And it's not something I personally even believe in. I mean, if, so. if, if something caused you a phobia that didn't exist before, it's probably it's prob- time for that to go. So. <laughs> it's probably a good time. That's so yeah, now we, we do still get calls for balloons and we send them everywhere else. And it's like <laughs> the happiest, like I don't say no to many things. I'm yeah. like, that just makes me so happy. Every time I say yeah. no, we do not carry balloons. So you should go back <laughs> and thank him because maybe yeah. without that final experience, right. you'd still be blowing up balloons, blowing up balloons today. Yeah. So. Hopefully we'd have ones that like weren't like 25 years old and popped, eh, you, you know? know, I think fine. that was really the major issue is like <laughs> blow new balloons not old oh, not if you're old. going to blow them got it yep. all right lessons learned there's a lot of life lessons here so yep. all right danny thank you so much for uh <laughs> jumping on with yeah, us that was and fun. we'll uh and, and for those of you out there university flower shop in Nichols arcade